Today's episode is brought to you by Mazars. Sound Cartel. Worker shortages are playing havoc with small businesses, and many owners live in fear that their top talent will be poached by another company. So, what can you do to stop your best workers leaving for a better paid job? From Sound Cartel, I'm Peter Letts, and this is Business Essentials Daily. An expert in the recruitment industry, Marnie Jones, says talent retention is not just a money matter. She says that for the best workers, pay isn't the most important factor, and that a business should examine its policies, processes and structures to create a more attractive workplace. Marnie Jones starts by explaining to Jeff Waters why it is that policies are key to keeping top talent. I've worked with over 150 companies and thousands and thousands of staff, and I've isolated what I have deemed to be a business power formula. So a business can grow, a business can have a lot of things, but is it powerful, which means are you able to decide what you want to do with it? Are you free to do with what um, you want? And I think that this whole subject is based around the topic of policy. Now, policy normally has the definition of a rule or regulation, but I've redefined this to be policy is actually a documented successful action that solves yesterday's issues and prevents tomorrow's troubles. And when you isolate that as a definition, that shifts everything. Because if you want to be a successful business, you have to isolate what those successful ways are. You have to document those successful ways. You have to make them known. You have to get them used and you have to get them understood by the team. Are you talking about talent here? Yes. So when it comes to retaining, it's all about the infrastructure of a business, right? And how well it evolves. A lot of the issues that talent has based on our audits and our assessments of our candidates is that they feel the company's unorganized. They get promised things they don't receive. It's inefficient. There's a lot of double handling and double work. It's very frustrating. They don't know what their roles and responsibilities are. They don't know who's doing what. And they don't even know who they report to or they report to three people. Or And this creates a lot of upset and a lot of trouble for staff. So if you want to retain staff, not only do you have to be great at what you do, you have to be nice to work with, but you have to be organized, you have to be efficient, you have to have defined all these things. So that's where policy comes in because a lot of business owners, they underestimate the value of policy because policy becomes a rule of regulation. And when you remove that definition and do what McDonald's does, for example, where they document what works, they figured out what works in every role, which makes it very easy and simple for staff to adopt that. And to understand what that is, there's agreement, there's unity, there's roles and responsibilities. And that's what creates an environment that high performers and overachievers truly want. They don't want a messy business that isn't going anywhere or they don't know what's going on. And so policy is the tool that is very underrated, never talked about in business enough, I feel, that can create that. It sounds like you're talking about getting your processes in order to keep your staff happy. Is that right? It is that. But when you define policy as a documented successful action, it can be bigger than that. Like, for example, you might have decided that, you know, we never, let's just say as a construction company, you can, you might say that you never go and do these types of jobs with these types of clientele because it always results in this loss. And when you write the policy itself, it's often conceptual. So I might be like, Jeff, as a salesperson, we don't do this. This is why last year we lost $450,000 because we went and did blah and we found this doesn't work. So that's a very micro example, but my point is when you define the most important parts of a business and a role, you then have staff that can buy into that and understand that does extend to policies and processes and all the typical things. But when I go into companies and figure out what's wrong with them, 
a lot of the time it's like, they don't know why this is so important. Why do I need to do that? What is my actual role? How do I do this in comparison to someone else? And that's what the concept of policy solves. So when you have an organized, efficient business, it is so appealing to overachievers who you know, they want a place that's organized that they can progress and they can have a career path. And, and to do that, you need to be organized. It's very hard to offer that if, as a company if you don't even know who reports to who and who's doing what. Mazars is an international audit, tax and advisory firm committed to helping clients confidently build and grow their businesses. Experience a new perspective with Mazars. Visit mazars.com.au. That's M-A-Z-A-R-S dot com dot A-U. Is there anything else that I can do as a small business owner to retain my staff? I would really isolate what it is each individual wants. Everyone really does want different things and they're rewarded in different ways. You could look at a rewarding program that either bonuses and money, even though people say they're money motivated, the issue with retaining them with that is it becomes a standard that they think is going to happen every single year. And it's very hard to come back from that. Once you give someone a bonus, even if their base is 17, you give them a 20 grand bonus, they're going, yeah, I'm on 90 grand a year. So if the next year they're lower than that, they get frustrated. So having other rewards and things that people like to do, like, do they like experiences? You could have a point system where if they accumulate certain points, they can choose what type of thing that they want as a reward. So if they buy a PlayStation, for example, I'm just making this up, but they now will attribute that PlayStation to that achievement they had at work. And they know that came from my boss. And that's a very different reward structure than just throwing money at people. So some people also are not motivated by money. I have candidates that have accepted my roles or the client's offers for 30, 40 grand less than someone else because they love the vision. They love the brand. They love where it's going. They love the owner. They think that it looks like a really good culture. So to retain stuff, I think a lot of people go straight to money, which is what recruiters do. They just throw money around. And I think that that's not always the best approach. And there are many ways as a business, if you can't offer money, if you focus on your internal, how you're organized, how your culture is, do you do team building stuff? How do you reward people? These are the things that can retain and you can still get overachieving stuff. In fact, what is very fascinating is that I reckon out of all the overachievers that we hire, we get good stuff. Like we get good talent. We don't just get the bottom of the barrel. I would say 80% of them are not the most expensive of that candidate pool. So people tell me if you pay peanuts, you get monkeys. That's not true. I have the most amazing candidates that are sometimes asking for the least amount of money than other candidates in the same hiring project. Okay. So I'm hypothetically a restaurant or another hospitality business. My workers aren't on particularly high wages. What can I do to retain them? I would really understand each individual what it is they're looking for. I would have lunch with them or I'd buy them a coffee and I'd be like, right, you want to work here. Who are you? What are you doing in your life? They're like, oh, I've got a baby on the way. I just want to work really hard and save money. Or, you know, I really want to be a manager one day or, you know, whatever. I'm just in uni and I'm here temporarily. And then you can fit your interaction with them, your structure with them, your how you set up their role to suit what they want as much as possible. You don't want to be, you know, a slave to the staff as well. And you've got to mind that balance in this environment as well. But I would start with actually talking to them and figuring out what each person wants and do not paint everyone with the same brush because you'll be shocked. Not everyone wants the same thing. Marnie Jones, Director of the Talent X Agency. This episode of Business Essentials Daily is produced by the team at Sound Cartel. Thanks for listening. I'm Peter Letts. We'll bring you more B Daily tomorrow. 
follow at Be Daily Podcast across social media and head to bedaily.com.au for more from the Business Essentials Daily Podcast. Sound Cartel. This episode was brought to you by Mazars. To find out more, visit mazars.com.au. That's M-A-Z-A-R-S dot com dot A-U.